0: Hey, good morning, Grace Point. As Nikki mentioned earlier, my name's Chris Stewart. I work for The Bridge, a mentoring program, a Christian mentoring program for kids from hard places. And my prayer for you this morning, whether you're here in the room or or online, my my prayer for you is that the Lord himself, Yahweh, would bless you and keep you. That, That Yahweh the creator of the universe and our father would bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. That that Yahweh, the creator of the universe and our father would lift up his face to you and give you peace. There was a a time when I, I needed a little peace. I don't know if you could use some of that this morning. But uh, my wife and I were on a a business trip. We went to Oklahoma City and um, uh, I was looking for a place to stay one night and I'd heard about this website called Airbnb. Uh, It's a a service that connects people that have a room or a guest house with somebody who's looking for a room. And and I thought, well, that's a pretty cool idea. And um, and it it was cool and it was actually cheaper than a hotel room, cooler than a hotel room and cheaper than a hotel room. And so all of our communication was through this website, never met the guy. Um, and I, I, you know, enter my credit card information, it pays him, and then he he communicates the, the code for the gate, big house in the hills outside of Oklahoma City, uh, gated property, and he gives us the code to the gate, and gate slides open, we're driving in after dark, and, and we... we come up the driveway and, and punch in the code on the guest house. Main house is over here, guest house. We punch in the code, we come in. Uh, cute, cute place. Angie, my wife, was, was happy, so I was happy. Um, and uh, we, we watched some TV. Uh, she gets tired, uh, climbs into bed. I'm, I'm still a little bit wired from the day, and so I stay up a little bit longer and, and eventually get sleepy. Climb in bed, put my head on the pillow... And, and just as I close my eyes, uh, the air conditioning shuts off, and in the deafening silence, there's a metallic ping. My eyes fly open. What was that? Where am I? Did I lock the door? I locked the door. Did I lock the door? I locked the door. Wait a minute, this is his house. He has a key to the door. How do I know he's not an ex murderer? <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm authentically afraid. I I can feel my lid is starting to flip. You you ever seen this before? This is a a model of of the human brain. This is your prefrontal cortex, uh, the part right here that has the executive functioning in your brain. It's your rational. um, It has language. And and so you think rationally. And then this is your reptilian brain, some people call it, your amygdala, this is the part of your brain that on fear. And you're either going to fight, you're going to flee, or you're going to freeze. And, uh, and so I could feel myself. I, I get up out of bed, and, and I'm responsible for making sure my wife is safe, that, that I want to be safe too. And, and so I get up and I walk over in, in my PJs and I look out the window, pull down the blinds and look out the window at the main house. How do I know he's not going to come in here? I was afraid. I was beginning to flip my lid. There's a story in the, uh, the Bible. It's a song, a poem, Psalm 56, uh, written by King David. And it was, uh, the, the heading above it uh, talks about a time when uh, David fled to Gath. David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. We think that's the story that the heading is referring to. And maybe you've heard this story. Uh, David is getting negative vibes from Saul. He's like, this guy's going to kill me. And he says, Jonathan, Saul's son, he says, you need to, he's trying to, get, no, come on, David, you're overreacting. His lid's flipping. Um, and... and uh, Jonathan tests him out at the dinner. David doesn't come. Saul's agitated. The next night, he doesn't come again. And and Saul gets furious. He ends up hurling his spear at his own son, Jonathan. Jonathan's like, okay, maybe he's going to kill David. So he comes out. He says, David, you need to go. You need to just run. David literally runs for his life with nothing but the shirt on his back. He, He stops on his way with Ahimelech. The priest, and he says to Ahimelech, like, Hey, you got any, anything to eat? Well, I got the day old bread of the presence. Have, have you kept yourselves clean? And David kind of lies to him, pretends like he's on a mission from, from the king. He says, Yeah, 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 just give us the bread. And uh, you got any weapons? Well, I got your sword, the sword you, you took from, from Goliath. And so David flees with the bread of the presence, the sword, and he flees to Achish, the king of Gath. And Achish is convinced. This David, he's a pretty good guy. He's on my side. I'm winning. But his, his soldiers, his, his leaders of his army are like, wait a minute, king. Do you know who this guy is? Don't they sing about him when they say, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands? We don't want to be some of those ten thousands. No, he can't go out with us. And David is afraid. He starts acting crazy. His drool dribbling down into his beard. He starts marking on the, on the posts of the gate like, like he's lost his marbles. And he barely escapes with his life. Later, David writes Psalm 56, this poem about flipping his lid. He was afraid. And Psalm 56 goes a, a little bit like this. It talks about, I mean, he had authentic reasons for, for being afraid. He says, be gracious to me, oh my God. My enemy tramples me, attacks me, oppresses me. And then he, he recites this refrain. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in, in God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? What can mortal man do to me? He can trample me. He can attack me. He, he can oppress me. And he goes on and he says, uh, What can mortal man do They injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps. They have waited for my life. And then he repeats the refrain. God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In in Yahweh, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. In God, I trust. What does that look like? What What is trust in God when you're flipping your lid? What does that look like? John Patton was a missionary to the New Hebrides, a Pacific island uh, full of of cannibals, headhunters. And um, he he felt called by God to go there with his wife. They, they, They have a baby there. He's faithfully modeling trust, faith in God. And then his wife dies. Five weeks later, his infant son dies. He buries them, continues to trust in God. And then later he's, he's translating the Gospel of John and, and he comes upon the phrase, trust in Christ. Trust in Christ. How am I going to communicate this in their unwritten language, this concept of trust? They're cannibals. They, they don't trust each other. There is no word for trust in their language. And so his um, his his assistant, one of the one of the people from the island who's been, been helping him one over to his cause uh, walks in the room and, and he's seated at his desk with his pen and he's writing and he's thinking, how do I communicate trust? And he says, what am I doing right now? And he's like, y- you're sitting at your desk. And then he picks his feet up and leans back in his chair and says, what am I doing now? He's like, You're leaning your whole weight on the chair. Patton says, that's it. That's the verb I'm going to use for trust in. Lean your whole weight upon. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise. I will lean my whole weight on you, God. Because you are trustworthy. Is he? Does it feel like it? Or do you have trust issues? Some of us have trust issues. Jalen is an eight-year-old kid who has trust issues. This is uh, this is me at Christmas time with my granddaughter Scarlett, and I just want to say. Grandparenthood is awesome. I recommend it. But she lives in Holland, Michigan. And so when she comes to see us, she's seen me on, on FaceTime, on, on our devices, but she hasn't seen me in person. And so she's, she's a little bit afraid of me. And so it takes some warming up and I have to, I have to work on it. She is a baby. When she came home from the hospital day three, day three, she came home from the hospital and I held her like, anybody done this recently? Oh my gosh, look at you. Aren't you? you're so smart. Wow. (laughs) This is how God wires our brains to trust face to face. Eyeball to eyeball, left eye to left eye, right brain to right brain. We connect and our brain begins to be wired. When I do this, other people respond like that and trust is built. Some kids don't get that for whatever reason. Jalen was a kid who, who didn't get much of that. Jalen is, is one of our, our bridge kids, and um, some kids don't get much of this, and so their brains are wired to get their needs met. They need to do different things than just ask for it. And for years, we've done a middle school ministry at the, at the bridge, reaching out to kids from hard places. And, and we would be drawing in dozens of middle school kids. And um, some of them would respond well. We would smile at them. We would welcome them. We would embrace them. We would share with them the gospel and they would respond. Other kids, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? They were so disruptive because their brains had been wired that I can't get my needs met by simply asking for what I need. And they were so disruptive and, and, and I didn't at the time understand why and, and, and we had to ask them to leave. We had to keep them out of these Christian outreach events because they were so disruptive and it broke my heart. The kids that need the gospel the most are the hardest to reach and our volunteers just didn't have the bandwidth, didn't have the, the training. But then just as the pandemic was starting, we, we stumbled upon a model of mentoring that works. It, it moves the needle for kids like that. And, and it's called Life Buddies. Life Buddies is, is a, a mentoring program, and, and Jalen is, is now a part of it. Um, he was, uh, the school recommends kids from hard places, kids who've experienced foster care, parents with addiction, different problems like that. And, um, and that was true of him. Mom was struggling with addiction. Uh, they were homeless. They were couch surfing. They were in the rescue mission. They were back with family. They were back in the rescue mission. And, and his brain was miswired. And trust is an issue for him. Recently, he was uh, meeting with his mentor and they had been building for months, had, had been building trust, but his mentor went to pick him up from school. They were going to the bridge and uh, they're walking out the door and, and he's just kind of walking like this. Don't know what was going on, but um, I don't want to go to the bridge today. W- what's that, buddy? I don't want to go to the bridge today. Hey, tell me more about that. What's going on? I don't want to go to the bridge today. Gets to the car, climbs up in the, in the seat. I, I don't want to go to the bridge today. His mentor gets down on one knee, takes his hands, looks in his eyes and said, well, tell me more, buddy. What's going on? I, I, don't, I, just, I don't want to go to the bridge. Okay. I love you, man. Thanks for telling me what you want. You can go home on the bus if you want. So they walk back into the school. They walk through the school, go back to the the bus line. His bus is still there. He hops up on the bus. His mentor is brokenhearted. A little bit of rejection there. That's right. Jesus satisfies me. Hops in his car, drives to Jalen's place. Sitting there in the car when the bus pulls up, Jalen comes walking up the the two blocks to his place and his mentor is there and he's, he's smiling at him. Hey, man, I'm glad to see you. Jalen walks up, sits down on the running board of his truck. I want to go to the bridge today. (laughs) Some of us have trust issues for for whatever reason. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Yeah, that sounds easy. But how do I do that? How How do I really trust him? I want to suggest That you crack open a verse like this. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? I want to suggest that you take a verse like that, that you crack it open, and you fill it with good biblical reality, and then close it back up, stick it in your pocket, and pull it out when you need it. Can I pause for just a commercial real quick? Remember where we are, stick that in your pocket. Um, Breakfast for the Bridge, March 25th, coming up in in, uh, about two months. And um, it's our fundraising event and uh, an opportunity for new people to find out more about mentoring, volunteer mentoring with kids from hard places. Uh, Would love to have you be a part of that. If you're interested at all, wanna hear any more about that, um, you can go to our website, bridgeoftopeka.org. And just scroll down or up, whichever direction flipping up is. And, um, and in a little blue section, there's a place to, to register there. You can ask questions. Stick that verse in your pocket. You with me? Crack it open. Fill it with some good biblical reality. First of all, get some face time. Get some face time and then practice joy. Face time. We are created by God for face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, left eye-to-left eye, right brain-to-right brain connection with human beings. If you're at home and you're watching this online, absolutely no judgment. And you need FaceTime. You need to connect with God's people and grow your ability to trust with people. Little Jalen didn't get enough of this. I, in lots of ways, didn't get enough of this. And so it's hard for me. It's easy when I'm up here because we've got the distance and and I can can look you in the eye. But when I get too close, I start to want to pull back a little bit. I've got trust issues. I want to suggest that you press in because you were created by God for FaceTime, for connecting with people. Picture something with me. What, is, what does this look like? Imagine that you are the child of the judge. You're the child of the judge. It's a big house, lots of, lots of dark paneling. And and the judge is is busy. You're his little seven or eight-year-old child, and um, it's Saturday morning, but he's got a lot to do. He's in his office, and he's made it clear, I I need to concentrate, so please don't interrupt me. Um, He's in his office, big, big desk, the the dark paneling all around the room, and, and you're in the other part of the house, and you need something. You want something really badly, but he said, "Don't disturb me." But you really, you really need it, so you're standing in the foyer. Oh, I got to go in, and so you tiptoe in the room, and you walk up to the desk, and he's looking down, concentrating, and he looks up at you. What does his face say to you? Let me tell you what it says. Hey, buddy, come here. I love you so much. Come here. That is what the Father, what His face looks like when it shines on you is it says, come here. I love you. May the Lord bless you and, and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. Practice face time with human beings. Practice face time with the God of the universe. If you want to study that Old Testament, look up the word face. Find how many times the word the face of God shines on his people really interesting study because it's an amazing reality. Enjoy some FaceTime with your father. Second thing, practice joy. Practice joy. Maybe that comes naturally to you. Some of you are just joy-filled people and it kind of bubbles out and over uh, for you. Others of us have to practice it. Uh, This is a... um, a book that I recommend, the other half of church, uh, and, and, and the half is you got half of your left half of your brain, uh, tends to be logical, linear, and has language. The, the right half of your brain um, tends to be more emotional and relational and random, and it does not have access to language. You ever get a gut feeling that something was right or wrong, but you just couldn't put it into words? That's because you were, were sensing it with your right brain. And it hadn't yet been processed with your left brain. And, and this is the side of the brain he suggests, the author suggests, that we need to tap into as Christians. The Western church, the American church, tends to be very left-brained. Logical, linear. We use lots of words. But we need to not neglect the right side of our brain that's emotional, that's relational, and much more random. And so he suggests, practice joy. And one of the ways you can do that is, is um, make a list of gratitude memories. Things that you are thankful for that, that give you joy. The one at the top of my list, and he says, get a list of five or ten of them. And then label them with two or three word labels. The one at the, at the top of my list is Mountaintop is the label. And it was a time when I was skiing with some buddies in Colorado on the, on the Continental Divide and we rode the, um, the ski lift up to the very top of the mountain and, and we're riding up and you can see the, the lift disappear over the top of the mountain. And so I see it disappearing and there's just blue sky behind it. And I'm going, is it going to dump me off the mountain? It's not going to dump me off the mountain. It's going to dump me off the mountain. It's not going to dump me off the mountain. And my heart's going, do-go-do-go-do. And then just as I clear the peak, and then it dumps me off, and I ski out, and just there's the western slope of the Rockies. And I just went, whoa, yes. And had this worship experience where I literally held out my hands and went, God, you're so big, and this is so beautiful. And I feel it. Just right now telling that story. I feel it right here in my chest. This kind of this burning. It's this feeling of joy and gratitude. And so the author suggests, practice that. Get your list of 10 things and then wire your brain to more quickly go from we're having a fight to I love God and I can be joyful with her. Practice joy. Somebody say Amen. Practice joy. Take that passage, uh, break it open. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? I had to crack it open and stuff it full of the face of God and joy. Back to Oklahoma City, we're there on business. Uh, Angie's gone to bed. I stay up for a while. I climb in bed. I put my head on the pillow. The air conditioning shuts off in the deafening silence. Ping. What was that? How do I know this guy's not an axe murderer? I'm looking out the blinds at the main house. How do I know he's not an axe murderer? My lid is starting to flip. No, calm down, Chris. He's not an axe murderer. Airbnb would not let axe murderers kill people. It's bad for business but maybe they didn't check him out right. Maybe he's really good at this. And then I pull out my memory verse. Wait a minute. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you and God whose word I praise. In God, I trust. I will not be afraid. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you and God whose word I praise. In God, I trust. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you and God whose word I praise. In God, I trust. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you in God whose word I praise. In God, I trust. And I began to believe it, and my lid came back down. I climbed in bed and slept like a baby. Church, he is trustworthy. You can trust him. Trust him. You might have to practice, but you can trust him. So, church, may the Lord bless you. And keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you. And give you peace. Have a great week.